Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Uh, This is a podcast with a dog owner who has a very interesting uh, mix, cattle dog and, and border collie which is like a super dog. So she has a bite history. She just bit somebody. And uh, she has some protective issues. She's kind of bullying her sister. All things that, you know, we talk about like, oh, well, it's kind of like a ballsy dog. But uh, we talk about it and we go over all the processes of how to start resetting your relationship as well as the reality of like certain dogs like you'll hear me talk about this podcast and maybe even the last podcast because I'm recording this at the same time is like you're not going to be able to t- like I'm, I can't tell my cat not to go chill, kill that chipmunk like it's just not going to happen but it, not, you know if I train cats I could train my cat right but I don't I train dogs so if your dog wants to bite somebody because they don't like people or they don't like other dogs or they don't like squirrels or whatever like you can't that's not going to go away uh you can use obedience to control your dog's life um, in a good way, not like control in a robotic way, but when they go out and they're like, I want to go bite the guy that's coming over to pick up something off Facebook marketplace, you can say, no, you can't. (laughs) And so anyway, it's a good podcast. Um, if you guys have questions and you're listening, first of all, thank you guys for listening. And I truly do mean that. I love all the people who, uh, the community that we've built is magical and special. And uh, I really do appreciate it. I think it goes a long way. Uh, and people can feel it like when they enter our ecosystem it's like this is a different vibe you know this is this is the this is the shit that we should be doing in life is like helping out and being kind and being courteous and having empathy and having being respectful and you guys are the best appreciate you i'm coming to australia in november i can't wait to meet you me and my friend forced mickey who's another trainer i've been on the podcast several times he's gonna be on soon we're going to melbourne and we're going to sydney together to do a uh a seminar. There's working spots and, and, and audit spots available. Working spots where you bring your dog. Audit spots are where you come and watch. You can ask questions. They're both very valuable, especially from a dog training standpoint. If you want to learn other techniques and different methods and different ways to say things and how to work with clients and learn how to do different things or you're just starting off, it's a great way to do it. A lot of our seminars are packed with dog trainers. I myself, I'm going up to Brisbane, Australia to do a solo seminar. I'm very excited about that. Uh, It's going to be on my birthday. It's going to be special. Maybe I'll get a cake. Maybe somebody can bring me a cupcake. (laughs) I'm very excited. All the information and tickets are in the uh, description below. I appreciate you guys. If you guys come out, I'd love to see you. Love to meet you. Love to chat with you. Uh, And then at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. If you want me to answer your questions as a listener, head over to the iTunes review chart, leave your review and your question in the review, and I'll answer it next podcast. Enjoy. Hello? Hello? Melissa? (laughs) Is this Tom? It is. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you. Um, did you want to FaceTime or chat on the phone? It's up to you. Um, it doesn't matter. You said you don't really need to see the dog, so what? Yeah, it's up to you. Some people just like, I don't know. Some people just like to do it. It's 
I just like to ask if you want to. It's up to you. Um, sure. If you want to see her, like if you want to see her, she's pretty calm right now, so it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, it's up to you. I mean, I can uh, I can switch over. Or we can chat on the phone. You just you tell me what you want to do. Yeah. Well, we can just stay on the phone then, so we don't. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. So what's going on? So she bit someone recently. <laughs> Uh, cool. What? Well, not cool, but I, I see. <laughs> what? Uh, what breed is she, and how old is she? So she's three years old. Uh, she is mostly cattle dog and border collie. Mmm, super dog. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's cuckoo. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Okay. Have you had her since a puppy? Yes. Yeah, she was a rescue, but she was like eight weeks. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Obviously, that's probably what you want to chat about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what what happened? Well, um, normally I've been trying to keep her because I I have noticed it's been building for a while, and I mm-hmm. was trying to find someone. I couldn't find any. Like I didn't know what to do. I was trying to find someone locally, and then um, you know, and it was just an issue. Um, but she was let out of the house inadvertently because I had her kept her in my room, and like people have done this before too. Like when my cousin's kids were over. I specifically put her in my room because she does not like children at all. And she's gone after children before, mm-hmm. especially their hands. Um, so I put her in my room so she's not going to get out in any way. And people let her out. I'm like, hello. Mm-hmm. So she got out the front door. This guy had come to buy something like, like off Facebook marketplace. And she just immediately went right to him and bit him. Mm. Um, big gash in his finger, like bleeding everywhere. Luckily he was not mad. Like he was kind of understanding, but. It was the first time she's ever actually made contact. She's tried and she's like warned us before. Mm. So yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Was this like in your home or was this like on the front porch or where did that happen? Uh, right in the, so normally when she gets out, she wants to run next door and see her like best friend next door, the golden retriever next door. So she was on her way there and she saw him in the driveway and just jumped up and bit him. And then she stopped and looked at him. And she was like, what did I do? Um, mm-hmm. So I picked her up and I brought her back in as soon as I could. Okay. And you said it wasn't like super, super bad. The guy didn't like have to go to the hospital or? I don't think so. I mean, we bandaged him up as best we could. He never contacted us again. So you don't I don't know. I mean, okay. <laughs> I don't know if something's coming yeah. in the mail eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's stressful. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. There's a, there's, a, I mean, there's a, so you, you basically probably just want like advice on obviously not to let that happen again, I would assume. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, and there are other reasons that might, like she's, so she has a little sister too, who she's been, she didn't bite her, but she held her down one day. That was really bad. And she actually got a scar in her nose. She didn't bleed or anything, but she like took the fur off. Mm-hmm. So she's bullying her very badly. She's very, very, very jealous. Um, and then there's resource guarding and that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, okay. So I think I would just start off with overall control. So anytime a dog has behavioral issues, so if we're resource guarding or we're going after random people or we're bullying our sister, or whatever the case is, when you have a dog that's, I mean, and to be honest with you, um, cattle dog, he, uh, heal or cattle dog border collie mix, it's like, like I said, yeah. they're they are high class working dogs that don't do well in yeah. pet homes. They just uh, they're great dogs. They're 
amazing companions, but they're not good at being like a pet dog. They don't do well with it because the amount of mental exhaustion that they need throughout the day to not kind of be a jerk is usually and that's what i mean by i say like they're not good in pet homes like they would be they'd rather be out sleeping in the barn chasing things all day and they'd be happy with that and then they'd go to bed and they'd wake up and do it again and they wouldn't have time to look for people coming over and biting them they wouldn't like it's just nothing they don't care about it they're just like i gotta work but putting them into a home not giving them an outlet they tend to they tend to do that on other things other dogs, mm-hmm. other people, etc. It's not appropriate and it's definitely something we don't like. But I'm just like throwing that out there that that's like the first thing mm-hmm. I would say. And then just overall control is really important. So obviously, like you said before, these things have been building. So you kind of felt like, hey, she's not a therapy dog by any means. She's kind of edgy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like little kids. <laughs> um, now we know she doesn't like strangers, etc. Um, yeah. The thing that you have to do now, the reality is, is you can't turn back time and from here on out, the best thing for you to do is say, okay, obviously people are going to come over. Um, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I think putting her in the other room is the, is the best thing to do. That's like, mm-hmm. again, like you're not going to change personality. You're not going to change mm-hmm. this dog to be like, hey, who's here? Why are you here? Let me know who you are. Like, blah, blah, blah. That's not, that's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. just putting her in the other room and just saying like, hey, you're going to be successful in here. And nobody out here really wants to like, get helicoptered around by you and like policed. <laughs> so this is great. It's a win-win. The dog doesn't want to be out there. They don't want to be out there with the dog worrying about it. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's not going to happen, like there's just an added layer of, of um, I don't want to say security, but there's an added layer of responsibility you have now, now that you know, mm-hmm. like we, we will commit to a bite and, you know, make it happen. So mm-hmm. managing the like, kind of like what you're already doing with avoidance of like putting the dog in the other room, but there's going to be situations where you're just not prepared for. Um, mm-hmm. People are going to come over unannounced. Um, just like mistakes, right? Like little tiny, like, yeah. oops, that was silly. B- yeah. But when you have that with like a really friendly dog, worst case scenario is the dog's just going to lick the person and jump on them. And you're going to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They're friendly and pull them off and that's it. But when you have a dog mm-hmm. that has a history of being uh i don't know aggressive i guess or i guess uh, protective or whatever we want it's aggressive behavior we don't want to say like the dog is full-on aggressive but it's definitely aggressive behavior so that's where your obedience comes in that's where your control comes in if you don't have like really great on and off leash obedience that's where you're going to find more mistakes you're going to find like like if there's a bunch of holes in in the in the wall like it, and you just fill it with water like something's gonna come out like it doesn't matter how much you're trying to say nope don't go out the door nope don't do this like something's gonna happen so your job is mm-hmm. to make sure you have that and again this is just my first initial I guess roadmap for you is just to have like really good obedience that's the best thing you can do because these situations outside of you being probably more protective and more um more responsible and more aware now that we have a bite Mm -hmm. like obviously you're going to make sure okay somebody's here where's the dog um we're out for walks like nobody can pet this dog or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. um but that off-leash control is like the first place you should be starting now that you have a dog that you know can make some bad decisions and and you know potentially hurt somebody Mm -hmm. does that make sense 
Yeah, definitely. Like, and she's, that's the thing too. There, like, there are times like, so, like when she's been holding her sister down mm-hmm. and like bullying, I will immediately put the leash on her and walk her into my room. And as soon as I get that leash on her, she's like a little angel. She does cool. it so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, what the heck? You're just like turned into a different dog for two seconds. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't get why that's the way that is, but. Well, it's a couple things is that's why I was saying like off leash because she's very smart. She's, she's mixed with two of the smartest breeds in the world. So she knows like, I'm going to beat up my sister. You're going to put a leash around. She's like, done. I'm done. I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? Uh, so that's common that, that, that doesn't, that that's not shocking. And, but also too, like she's, she's, you have to also take into consideration. She's just doing what she's just being a dog. She, she, her personality is that like she did, she's not like, Oh, I wasn't doing anything. She was just like, what do you mean? That was wrong. Like, that's what I do. Like I'm being a dog and be, I'm being a pushy drivey. Like, yeah. you know, this is what I do. So that's the other yeah. thing. And, and so it, 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 it's like, um, you know, it's like anything else. It's like with kids too, like big brothers beating up, you know, little brother, you know, whatever they don't, they're not intentionally being too rough or whatever. That's just like, that's not a good matchup. Like, you know, mm. playing uh, tackle football, you know, a 12-year-old versus a 5-year-old, the 12-year-old may not mean to be a certain way, but it just happens because it's not a good matchup, right? So if you put a yeah. cattle dog border collie mix with another dog and they play, chances are your dog's going to run circles around the other dog or whatever the case is. It doesn't matter. It's just the reality is is you have a very, like, high-class dog and and you can have the same exact dog, but not have any of these mm-hmm. problems. And it's, it's like not uncommon. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes these, these type of like high class working dogs can become a little el- uh, edgy. They're very intelligent. They're bored all the time. So they just look for oh, shit yeah. to do. Right. Like, okay. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, we'll pick up my sister now cause I'm bored. But <laughs> you know, the reality is, is it's, it's very hard to unwind that clock to every day realistically that's why i was saying like unless this mm-hmm. dog is waking up at 4 30 a.m on the farm chasing things around and sleeping outside in the hay like the, it's hard to fulfill this dog fully mm-hmm. so it's it's inevitable um for most dog mm-hmm. owners but i guess my point is is just having that like when you said like okay putting the leash on like when you have a very um like I'm just in the UK for a while. They say cheeky, which is basically like, <laughs> like uh, maliciously, like, oh wait, I wasn't like sneaky, snarky, kind of like you know that yeah. sort of thing. Like, oh no, I'm just being like, you know, like my mom used to say, don't be fresh. Like very like, I don't know, trying to get away yeah. with stuff. Like, oh, I'm I'm not doing anything wrong type stuff. Like just a very snarky kind of like behind the scenes, like under the, you know. So yeah, like, uh, kind of playful, yeah. Yeah, but just like knows how to push the boundaries knows like, Oh, it wasn't me. I wasn't doing anything. That's where, you know, again, like your off leash work has to come in. Um, and, mm. and it doesn't, ha- okay. I shouldn't say that it doesn't have to come in. It's just a, that's like, what's going to make this better because you put a leash yeah. on a dog like that. And they're like, all right, what are we doing? And you're like, well, yeah. I'm actually putting a leash on you because you're just beating the shit out of your sister. So, <laughs> but she doesn't see it like that. She's like, Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she could almost look at it as a reward. I beat up my sister, I get put on a leash, we go do something or whatever. I get attention. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's that. But I just think having that overall control um, and your, like, your underlying relationship has to matter to the dog. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Okay. Meaning, okay, what, what I mean by that is when you say something, you you have to have the relationship for your dog to know that it, it like there's a, there's something that backs it up. Like instead of being like, hey, don't do that. And your dog's like, I don't care. You know, and, and the way that you do, the way that you do that is let's, let me just give you a quick example. Let's say you put your dog on a leash, you go out and you do training. So you, you say sit, she gets her butt up, you go nope, and you correct her with your leash back into a sit. So you hold her accountable. You say, I'm not just going to let you get away with it just because you saw a bird. I'm not going to let you get away with it because you think we're done. Like when I tell you to sit, you have to sit. Same thing. I open the door. She tries, you know, you tell her to stay. She bolts out. Nope. Correction. So you're correct. So at every end where you tell her to do something and she just completely says, screw you and flips you off, you're holding her accountable, like throughout the whole training process. And over time, after about a day with this particular dog, she'll get it. She'll sit until you break her. You open the door, all those things like you have in place. So you're, so my point is like with kids or like with employees or students or anything else, like you have a repertoire with the dog. You, when you say something, they're like, I'm going to do this with you, for you together. Like, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to, you know, I know that you mean business. I know that like what you say is what's going to happen. Not because you just want to ask me to do stuff. Like that's your relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know how to hold her accountable. Yeah, I'll go over that. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the other side, like I talk to a lot of dog owners, I see a lot of dog owners that, and maybe even you might fall under this too, is where we do, we say all these things, sit, the dog goes, nope, down, nope, place, nope, whatever. And so what happens is with a really pushy dog, like what you have, you know, there's not a, like a fairyland that we live in where we just tell dogs to do stuff for treats. They do it and life's good. That doesn't exist. Especially when you have a really pushy dog like you, like a really mm-hmm. like wire, like, you know, like make me type dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it, not going to happen. So oftentimes like you can use just you can use um, a martingale collar. You can use a, I mean, there's so many different the gentle leader, a slip collar, a slip leash, a prong collar, plastic pinch collar. Uh, there's so many different things out there that can help you hold your dog accountable that f- from something they care about. Because oftentimes, mm-hmm. like again, we have a treat bag in our hands and we have like a flat collar. We say sit. The dog doesn't sit. We give them a correction from the flat collar. They may not care. So they're just like, yeah, I know what you want me to do, but I'm not going to do it. So then your relationship, so my point is, is at that level, that's going to come up everywhere. So if you tell your dog to do something and they half-ass it or they roll their eyes or they're like, yeah, it's not benefiting me, I'm not doing it, which most dog owners deal with, then reality is, is that's going to bubble up everywhere. So that's your overall, the reason why your dog doesn't listen off-leash and the reason why when she pins her sister and you say, hey, knock it off, she doesn't respond is because you're not you're not holding her accountable at the low level stuff. She's like, yeah, I, I don't, when you say something to me, I don't register that I have to do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> so to answer your question is to kind of reset things with your dog is you just do very basic common threshold stuff. And, you know, we get questions all the time is like, it's super easy, which is why, I don't make content on how to pay your dog necessarily because everyone knows how to do it. Get a hot dog, get a piece of food, get a treat, get a squeaker, get a toy. Like everyone knows how to get your dog excited about doing something, but not a lot of people like know the importance and the know-how on how to correct a dog if they decide to bite somebody or in, in smaller levels, like break a sit. 
Um, and so that's where oftentimes like equipment will come in to help you with that and assist with that safely. So you can, again, there's 10 different things that are like used by millions of people every day that are good. It just depends on the dog. My recommendation just off what you said, um, I would probably start with a plastic pinch collar, which is like a, I can send you a link on it. It's a hybrid between a prong collar and a slip leash, slip collar. Um, you get them on Amazon for 10 bucks. Um, but what that does is it, 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 it's like a prong collar, but it's, um, for, for the dog that you have, cause your dog doesn't have like super thick fur or, do, or actually, is it more like looking like a border collie or more cattle doggy? Actually, she looks she totally look like? like a border collie. She's super fluffy. Okay. Yeah. I just realized that as I yeah. said that I'm like, oh, or it could, <laughs> border collie could come out. Okay. So maybe a prong collar would be better. I'll kind of like send okay. you some options and you can pick it really i mean the two are the basically the same thing uh one of them is just better for dogs with like shorter fur like a like a like a healer uh or you know like a vishla boxer pitbull like doesn't have a lot of fur prong collar is just better for dogs who have a lot of uh coat so prong collar might be better but what that does is just it just has some action so when you apply pressure to it, it has action to the dog. And the reason why we, we use like what's been helpful for me has been like the reason why they work better and more efficient and they're safer than a flat collar. Like think about your flat collar as the, the collar that your dog wears every day all the time. That's what has the tags on. Like I'm lost. Help me. <laughs> Rabies tags, whatever. <laughs> um, that is just, an, that's, that's designed and made to be worn as that just an everyday collar, mm. you know, grab you real quick if I need to, whatever. But it's not meant to train because it sits low, it's loose, you can fit like half your hand under it. It's not meant as a training collar. It's just mm. meant to like grab the dog or again, identification. So mm. uh, the other collars that I'm talking about are nice because they sit high and snug right under the dog's mm. chin. And when you apply pressure, it's like applying power steering to a car. They're very, 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 they yield to it very smoothly with a properly fitted action collar. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's safer because like a prong collar, for an example, or even a plastic pinch is it distributes pressure more evenly. So a prong collar, on the contrary of what a lot of people think because of how they look, they're not intended to cause pain by how sharp they are because they're not sharp at all. What they do is they Mm -hmm. have two, four, six, eight, sometimes 10 points of pressure. And when you apply a little bit of pressure to the collar, it, it, it gives pressure all the way around the dog's neck. And so it's not under one point of pressure, like a flat collar would be, it's distributed evenly. So you can apply a lot of pressure with very little physical pressure on your end. So you just, so, so I know you asked like, how do you hold your dog accountable when you're starting off with just basic, leash stuff that's like the first way you can start Mm -hmm. i would say judging by doing this every day for a decade your dog's gonna be like really pushing against you like don't tell me what to do type stuff in a good way not Mm -hmm. not a good way but not in a i would just in my experience with these types of breeds and mixes they're very strong-headed they're they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be they're supposed to the work that they do is 
something I wouldn't do. Like I wouldn't want to back down a bull into a anything like, or herd sheep. And they're just like, they're just mental dogs, like in in the best way possible. That's why they're bred to be just kind of batshit, like gnarly. Um, Not all of them, but you know what I mean? They're just, yeah, they're like that. Like, so, so um, my point is, is not super sensitive. Like some dogs, you look at them wrong and they're like, Oh my God, sorry. Like, and then other dogs, Oh yeah you can apply pressure to them and they're like, don't touch me. Like I'm, I'm doing something, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, I, I guess I say mm-hmm. that for general like discretion, like it's a general statement of what we're talking about. So that's like the best way to start. And then again, your relationship will develop and get better as you start to train. Okay. So like anything else in life, things kind of have a connection like domino effect, butterfly effect type stuff. You just, you go for a run and you normally don't and you're like, Oh, maybe I'll eat different and maybe I'll go to bed earlier. Maybe I'll drink more water. Just like think or vice versa. Like I'm the same way. Like I'm like, I had ice cream yesterday. I'll have ice cream today. Like It's like, it's just like this domino effect, right? Where you just kind of get into the state of mind. So my point is, is that's your relationship with your dog is if you start to allow them to get away with stuff every day or even, with certain things, if you say sit and your dog gets up and the worst thing that happens is you go over and tell your dog to sit again, when they're picking on their younger sister for fun and you say, stop, they're like, (laughs) no, make me, what are you going to do about it? Why? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, again, your repertoire with the dog. That's your like underlying, like, what is your relationship? Like how much respect is there? How much discipline is there? How much boundary is there? Um, and, and, and by those things, I mean like actual boundaries. It's not just like I tell my dog to do these things. What does your dog actually do is what matters. So mm-hmm. again, if you put your you know prong collar on your, let's say, or a slip leash, like a basic slip leash is fine too. I can send you some links of some pieces of okay. equipment and you can, you know, get a couple because they're fairly inexpensive, you know. Yeah. I tell oh, people yeah. just get like a couple and see what works. Um, but anyway, like what you would do is let's say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say she's again, like kind of pushy, kind of like stubborn, kind of like bratty, kind of like, Hey, I'm going to do what I want unless you absolutely make me, but also I'm sweet and I love to be your dog and like all Mm -hmm. these things. Is that kind of like how she is? She's, she's definitely stubborn. Um, see, she's picky about who she listens to and when, Mm -hmm. um, like if my brother comes in the room and he tells her to drop it, she'll drop it. Me, she won't do it because she knows that I'm the one that plays with her. So she thinks everything's she a thinks game, everything yeah. I do with her is playing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not a game right now. Like, yeah. like it. Sometimes you just like lose it. But yeah, that's and I, actually I'm the one who plays with both of them. So that's all they look to me for. I feel like. Yeah. But she's yeah she is sensitive though too. She and she is fearful. So it's like a really weird mixture. Like, she's terrified of walks. Like, she'll claw the ground. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, she will little, like, I don't know why she's terrified of walks, but so it's like things like, I don't know, like one second she'll be, you know, totally mm-hmm. excited about something. And then she's turning around, peeing on the ground and rolling over. I'm like, what's the problem? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's kind of like a opposite. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So she, <laughs> yeah. So she's like confidently insecure. She's like really confident yeah. about certain things, but. Not yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. 
so what I would, I was just asking like how she is. Like some dogs are just like absolutely out of control and devilish. Uh, and then other dogs are <laughs> kind of like not. So that's good. Um, yeah. okay. So what I would do is I would start with like basic leash pressure. So what are you using right now? Like when you walk with her, when you, uh, when I try, yeah. like when I try to take her to like Petco to get groomed, um, <laughs> I'll just put like a regular step in harness on her mm-hmm. and I put a leash on her and she's not She's only pulls because she's terrified. Like if there's like a bus driving by, oh, forget it. She'll back out into the car and won't come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like if I can get her on a walk, like say if my dad comes with me, she'll go maybe. Um, she's usually fine. She doesn't pull that much or anything. She's, you know, more just afraid. So I've not really had a big issue with like equipment so much. Um, so yeah, she, that or like... um. Not the gentle. I haven't tried the gentle leader yet, but I do have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the harness that goes in front. Um, so I have that as well. But that's not really going to help her in this situation. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to. So. Um. You know, I'm big on whatever like works, and so. Yeah. Um. The. The gentle. Uh. The harness is is, like it's good for it's good for dogs who pull, you know, to keep them safe. Like if you want them to pull and things like that, but it doesn't have any communication from what I understand. Like, let's say if a dog is in a yeah. harness and you're just standing next to the dog and you applied pressure, you're, you're just going to lift your dog up and there's not, the, um, yeah. it's just harnessing, yeah. right? So you can just lift your dog up and they're just going to like, like a movie, like lifting up a dinosaur in Jurassic park. They're just going to get lifted up. They're yeah. going to get placed somewhere else. It doesn't communicate at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't have any action. There's there's no tangible th- thing going on here. So mm. when you're using like a like an act like a collar that has action or a leash that has action, you have the ability to kind of like communicate with. So if a dog pulls, you can correct the dog as they start to pull, and then they mm. step back, and then you go, "Yay, good!" And they go, "Okay, this is better." And you go, "Perfect. This is what heel is." They go, "Okay, this is what heel is." Same thing with like sitting. Um, you know, when you ask a dog to sit and then they get up like this is what, so let's just like, let's give you like a quick little crash course. So let's say you got a, let's just say you got a slip leash or, or, or you got a, you got a plastic pinch collar, you got a prong collar, whatever. These are just things that again, over time have been really helpful for dog owners and their dogs to communicate. It's what the harness does is allows you to just hang on. That's mm-hmm. what harness does. Like when, like you said, like yeah. when we go out and she gets spooked by something, it allows you safely to hang on. That's what that does. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be for. That's great. I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that. The only thing wrong with it is that it's not going to help you like um, uh, emotionally train. Like your dog is just gonna you're going to be attached to the dog, right. but that's it. There's no there's no connection. There's no conversation. There's nothing. It's just like mm-hmm. hanging on. Um, so with the action collar, it depends on what you use. And again, when I say action collar, it's something with action. So again, martingale collar, prong collar, slip collar, something that like goes in and out of each other. When you apply a little mm-hmm. bit of pressure, it goes to the dog. You're talking, you're mm-hmm. communicating. So when you right. apply, like if you grabbed, if you grabbed somebody's t-shirt and you pulled it, like, and they went with you, that's like them, that, that has action to it. Like there's something involved there. They're feeling that tension. So yeah, that's. And again, there's so many different ways to use these collars and their variables, but I'll just send you like a list of things that I think you should start with. But okay. okay. Next thing is, um, is there's a difference between giving a dog direction and giving mm-hmm. a dog a correction. Okay. 
So when you give a dog direction, that's kind of like, let's say, okay, let's say your dog put on the brakes when you went outside to walk and you're like, she's like, nope, I'm not moving, whatever. When you have, let's say a prong collar on or a slip collar or a slip leash or any of those dog, any of those collars that have action, when you just apply a little bit of pressure to the collar, when you're just actively like kind of pulling a little bit, not pulling heave, ho, <laughs> just when your dog <laughs> says, nope, I'm not going to go. And you just apply a little bit of pressure. That's direction. That's just like, Hey, this is the direction I want you to go in. Or you're, you're mentally giving the dog direction of like, Hey, this is, this is something I want you to try to commit to with me. We're doing this together. Uh, mm-hmm. Alternatively, the correction is snapping the dog out of whatever they're doing. Like, Hey, like they're doing, they're about to do something or they're doing something, you're correcting them and you're snapping them out of what they're about to do or they're doing actively. Um, so the state of mind that they're in, if they're pulling or they're barking or whatever, when you correct, the, the, you're, you're getting their attention. It's stressful for them. It's supposed to be stressful for them. That's the point of a correction. Think about when you're driving and you hit the rumble strips. If, if you hit the rumble strips and it, it sang you a lullaby, it wouldn't work. It goes, and it's supposed to knock you out of the state of mind you're in to then, and I can talk all day about yeah. corrections. It's the same, it's like <laughs> it, everywhere we go, there's corrections to keep us safe and in line and everything else. Okay. So. That's a good one to put it. Yeah. 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 Every day, that's just how we, that's how we live our lives. And so, and again, like there's just misconceptions about corrections and dog training in general where, oh, mm-hmm. corrections in, in these things cause stress. Yep. That's the point. That's the exact point. So anyway, so as you move forward, uh, but there is a distinction between a direction and correction. So if you, again, if you're dealing with a dog that's afraid of the stairs and you're trying to help them overcome it, you're doing all these different things, you might add a little bit of direction. Like, hey, come on, you can do it. Dun, 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 and then they, they do it. Uh, you're not going to correct a dog if they don't go down the stairs. That doesn't make sense. Like if the dog's insecure and nervous about going down the stairs or maybe going for a walk in a big scary street, we're not going to, we can have the prong collar on, we can have the plastic pinch collar on, but we're not going to correct them for it. doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, we might add a little bit of pressure to help them yield to that pressure, of course. So anyway, um, so let's say you put your correction collar on, your whatever you're using, and you do all that, and then you go to your door, and you tell her to sit. So tell her to sit, and she doesn't. So then you can add a little bit of direction. So you'd pull up on the collar, just a little bit of pressure, and then the dog would put their butt on the ground, and then you'd release your your um your leash and then after that you reward you say yay good sit right makes sense so the point of that is in the future when you say sit the dog remembers that when they didn't sit they got direction or in some cases a correction Mm -hmm. and then when they did put their butt on the ground they got paid that's the point that's the kind of like balance of like this is how we learn this is how everyone learns so what happens is, is, and you may be ahead of the game. I don't know if your dog knows these things, but let's say your dog knows sit. Great. So you say sit and she puts her butt on the ground. Great. Uh, and then she sees something outside. Boop. She gets up. So at that point you would correct her for getting up You'd say, nope. And you kind of snap mm-hmm. the collar, make it like a, some sort of aversive for be like, Hey, what are you like? Hey, what are you doing? Like back in the, excuse me, back into a sit. So that's, that's how that would work. Uh, now, so, so there's like what you, what you asked earlier, like a t- 10, 15 minute 
answer uh, about like how does how does that work? Like how would you hold her accountable? How would you correct her? How would you whatever? That's kind of how you would do that. So what it what happens is is your overall relationship is she under because if you let your dog like walk all over you and you let your dog make all these mistakes without proper accountability, clear accountability, all these things, that's what ends up happening. Things just start to spiral out of control. That's why Mm -hmm. dogs have anxiety and they have stress and they have all these things that are happening. So Mm -hmm. once you, um, once you do that, uh, I think it's important to, to just be clear. So you tell her to sit, you give her correction. If she gets up, she knows that she has to sit. So your relationship starts to become this more structured, militant, very like nice balance of sit means sit, stay means stay, place means place, whatever, come means come, whatever whatever you're working on. But if you do the opposite, which is what a lot of a lot of people will do and they run into problems, which is why I talk to them, is they say sit, the dog doesn't. We wave a piece of food in their face. They put their butt on the ground. So right off the bat, you say, hey, I want you to do something. They say no. You say, how about a $20 bill? They go, okay, fine. They put their butt on the ground. Two seconds later, they get up. And worst case to ha- worst case scenario happens when you say sit is you virtually just tell them to do it again. And they go, nope. And you go, here's a piece of food. And they go, okay, fine. They put the butt on the ground. It's just this vicious cycle. So the dog mm-hmm. starts. So that's where the dog goes, you don't know what you're doing. I'll take advantage mm-hmm. of you. And moreover, if you ask me to do something that I don't really want to do because there's something else going on, I'm not going to do it. And the only time I really do it is if, it, and, the, and that just becomes a habit. And at a yeah. low, yeah, at a low level, what ends up happening is, is your dog will only listen if you give them food, which is not good. So that's kind of like where you start. And that's why going back to, hey, my dog bit somebody, what do I do? What does mm-hmm. the conversation I'm having with you right now have anything to do with that? Well, it's because if you, let's say, Ding dong. Okay, somebody's here. Okay, I want you to go to your bed, which is your bed, right? So you send her to Mm -hmm. her place that you've worked on for two weeks. You tell her to stay, which you've also worked on. And you go to the door, and it's somebody that's picking up a fish tank off marketplace. You say, hold on right there. The door opens. Your dog's in a stay. You pick it up. You give it to them. They leave. Perfect. Now, if you don't have good obedience and your dog doesn't respect you, and your dog just does whatever they want when they want, that's where you're going to run into the problem that you ran in earlier with the Facebook marketplace pickup. Mm -hmm. So the little tiny things of your dog listening to you at like a very small level plays Mm -hmm. the biggest picture when things happen in life. So again, like you're out, you're out with your, let's hypothetically say you're out with your kid on a bike and throughout the whole day, You've told them to do something and they go, no, I don't want to. No, I don't want to. No, I don't want to. And you're just kind of rolling your eyes because it's just easier to do that sometimes. You're out on a bike and they don't see a car and you say, hey, stop. They go, yeah, but I don't want to. Boom. So how does your, so it's the same exact thing. You don't Mm -hmm. listen to me at a fundamental level and the bigger outcomes, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, that's where everything goes to shit because of that. Yeah. So the reason why dogs will bite people is, is sometimes it's personality, right? Like why does I just <laughs> earlier my cat chased a chipmunk down and I caught it. I mean, that I'm, I I can't stop. I'm not going to stop that. I'm like, "Oh, that's sad." And I saved the chipmunk and everything, but my cat's pissed because like Aww. I just caught that 
And now they go out and try to catch it again and try to kill it, whatever. And I don't want to see that. So anyway, my point is, is like, you're not going to be able to instinctually tell your dog maybe not to like certain people or maybe to be protective or whatever the case is. Like, you're not going to change the personality of the dog. But what you can, what you can do is you can say, hey, somebody's here. You're going to go to your bed and you're going to lay down because we've already worked on Mm. that. And your dog's, your dog's either going to go, huh, yeah, right. Open the door. (laughs) Or, I mean, that's, but that's a, that's like your relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or your dog's going to say, got it. Yes, ma'am. I'm there. And you're going to say stay. And that's like how it's going to go. And the way to get that nice control is you just have to practice things over and over again. That's what I was saying is I think you just need to practice like the obedience. That's really going to help you. So same thing with like, again, she's beating up her sister. You say, hey, knock it off. She's like, when you say things to me, I just roll it over because What's going to happen is, is you're going to go all the way to the door. You're going to get my leash. You're going to put it on me and you're going to walk away. And that's the worst case scenario. So that's where like, again, you just have to like, I guess, audit your relationship with your dog and how much they respect you and how much you've worked on the things that you're wanting them to do. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I know it's a lot, but that's kind of like the crash course. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know and it does make sense and i know that our like our relationship has degraded o- over time and i don't i don't really know how it happened or why it happened like like she'll just flip like randomly like this morning she rolls over and she's like hey scratch my belly and i'm like oh let me scratch your belly and then all of a sudden she turns and snapped at me and i'm like whoa like why did you do that like what did i do like i didn't do anything um, like I went to go hug her last night and she was growling at me. I'm like, why are you growling at me? I'm like, I'm just giving you a little hug. You know, like, it's just, I don't know. She's getting, she's just getting like very temperamental lately. And that's just not who she, I don't think that's really who she is. She's just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, those are just, it could be just like, again, personalities. Um, those are things that you really can't control because those are, like more personal things, you know what I mean? Like yeah. from, again, like kind of zoning, uh, zooming out a little bit. Like if a dog's, say your dog's laying down and you go over and you just start petting your dog and she's like, oh, this is cool. And then all of a sudden she's like, stop, like I'm uncomfortable with this. <laughs> that's, you know, that's not so much of a training thing. It's, it's definitely like, yeah. and that's part of like what I do is, you know, working with behavior, uh, like really in particular with behavior, it's, it's sometimes that's just like what your dog likes and what they don't like. Mm. Now let's say again, your dog wants to go and kill a squirrel. I mean, those are things that you can say, Hey, you need to heal, uh, sit, stay, or you want to bite the person at the front door whatever. Like those are things you can control, but you can't change what their intentions are sometimes, right? Like that personality, you know, it's in, and there's a big, um, uh, and I, and it's confusing cause it's like, you know, what happened? Like, you know, you, you, and I think it can be frustrating for dog owners as well because it's, um, things change. Yeah. It's, yeah. Un- yeah. And it's like, I think as dogs mature, it also can, can change as well. You know, like sometimes dogs love certain things and then they don't. Like they're just like, mm-hmm. I don't like this anymore. And you're like, okay. Um, so there's, but but again, like you have to look at the 
the ROI or you have to look at the realities of like, what does this mean? If you're, if your dog doesn't like being pet a certain way, you just have to, okay. You know, but if your dog doesn't like getting their leash put on to go for a walk that they need, that's a different story. There's, there's, I guess there's battles you need to realistically pick or, um, there's just things that are fair to kind of go against and, and, and work on where for me as a professional and as a dog owner and lover myself, if my dog just all of a sudden didn't like, um, certain things that I did to them or with them, that is really almost, um, selfish for me to want. Like if I want to pet my dog and they're like, I hate this, it's just, (laughs) you know, you have to walk away from it and go, "Mm, okay. But there's other things like it kind of like, uh, again, it's like a double-edged sword sometimes, but what's weird too is though, is that it's only me. She only does that to me. She doesn't do that to anyone else. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Like, like, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like my brother will pet her a certain way. Like, or even my neighbors, like, oh my gosh, she loves my neighbors. They'll pet her like rubber hips or whatever. And she'll like melt into the ground. (laughs) I do that. And I get snapped at. I'm like, what did I do? So that's what I mean. Like it's, they all think it's because I've had to like pick her up so many times and she hates being picked up. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you run outside with no leash or collar or anything, like I have to pick you up, like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I have to pick you up and put you in the tub if you won't go in. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's just things I've had to do or whatever. Um, so that's what, that's where I think it's weird where it's just, it's just me. (laughs) Absolutely. There's (laughs) absolutely, uh, there's, it's frustrating because there are definitely, definitely things that dog owners, uh, do to their personal dogs, uh, events that they have to do that maybe dogs have a unsettling or uncomfortable relationship yeah. with, like, like you said, could be all of those things. It could be, uh, your dog's relationship with you as well. Like we talked about, like, is your dog mm-hmm. just being kind of bratty or is your dog being like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely something it could be again, past experiences for sure. And it's, if it's something okay. that you wanted to work on, you could, it just takes a lot of time to desensitize these things that, hey, when I yeah. when I pet your hips or pet your head or your ears, it doesn't mean I'm going to clean your ears or pick you up. Those are things that you yeah, can work exactly. on. Yeah, those are things you can work on to desensitize. But at like what risk is that and at what cost? Like what's that mm. going to cost you with your dog? How detriment mm. is it? I mean, could you do it for two days and reward your dog every time you touch their ears and all of a sudden they don't care? Maybe. Or are you going to battle tooth and nail with your dog and create more frustration than needs to be because you want to be able to pet your dog like your neighbors? So it's, yeah, it is frustrating. And, and that's why with dogs, there's like, there's no exact like thing, you know, it'll be like, oh, it's yeah. definitely this. It's definitely that. It's just, it's, it's an equation that you have to yeah. work on. Uh, and, and those are, that's what you have to, that's just my advice to you in general is just take a situation and treat it like an investigation. So let's say, okay. like you said, my dog doesn't like me touching her hips, but my mm-hmm. brother and my neighbor and everyone else can touch my dog's hips. So, okay, let's narrow this down. So it doesn't mean that my dog's, it hurts because she would do it with them. It means that when I do it, so, okay, maybe is it, is it past experiences? Okay, yeah, maybe picking her up in the tub or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so then you kind of backtrack and go, okay, it doesn't hurt her. 
She's just, she may be, it may be a trigger for her. She thinks I'm going to do something she doesn't like. So that, that's mm-hmm. where you would start to desensitize these things. But again, it's just, you get treats, okay. you pet her, she reacts nice, you pay her. Uh, you do it long enough to where she realizes that you touching her hips doesn't mean tub, car, whatever. <laughs> um, and if that right. doesn't work, then you have to just look at like, like who's training who. Like I've, I've also yeah. seen a lot of dogs pick on their owners because yeah. of their relationship is very, it's very like, um, uh, almost like an immature relationship, very, uh, like cat-like if you will. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to come to you and I want attention, but don't try to give me affection on your terms. Um, right. yeah. and that's all like, again, relationship based. Yeah. Um, but certain dogs, again, just are kind of weird. They, they just... Yeah. It's weird. It's not consistent. So if you have inconsistencies, okay. then that tells it. I mean, it gives you information. It gives you a lot of information. Mm. But again, okay. you can go back and rewire these things or try to. But at the end of the day, it's telling you that whatever you're doing or whatever your relationship mm. is like with your dog is the reason why your dog is acting that way. If everyone mm-hmm. else can touch your dog's ears and hips or whatever else and you can't, that's a problem with you and her. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what that problem is, I don't know. And how to overcome it, again, classical desensitization, trying to pay her with positive reinforcement um, instead of... So what do I do, though, if yeah. she won't take treats? Because half the time, most of the time, she won't take a treat. That's where I struggle, too, is I can't desensitize her if she won't. She'll spit them out. She won't take it. Like, she'll... Yeah. That's I think, the other issue. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say, like you're trying to give somebody money and they won't take it. Like, what do you do? You just tell them like, Hey, I really appreciate you. You've done a really good job. So I think with dogs, it's the same thing. Like let's say you touch her hip and she has a good reaction. Good girl. Good job. And you walk away. Okay. Just for an example, like verbal. Yeah. 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 yeah, Just verbal or find, you know, of course, like find something else that maybe she likes. Like the amount of times that people are like, yeah, my dog's not really food motivated and I take out like my freeze dried beef liver and they're all of a sudden food motivated. (laughs) I mean, but again, I've also seen dogs just not care about food. It's definitely a thing. But I think you Mm -hmm. have to be creative too. Like, okay, let's work on the hips. That's a big thing for whatever reason. Um, Or the, you know, anything else. Like I need to desensitize this. My dog's, my dog has an association with me doing something that causes us to have conflict and I don't like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So do you want to work on it? So chicken, steak, uh, peanut butter, anything you can to make it a joint. So put peanut butter on a spoon or a lick mat, stick it on the wall. She's going crazy for it. Pumpkin, um, whatever your dog loves, you just kind of rub her hips, you walk away. You rub her hips, you walk away. You rub her hips, you walk away. If she doesn't like that, just tell her she's a good girl because that's all you can do. I don't want money. I don't want love. I don't want kisses. I don't want nothing. Just, just tell me that you like me. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can do. Just say, hey, good job. Okay. And the other thing is, is just like what's been really helpful for me and dogs is just making things not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of dogs who are really aggressive or reactive and I just take the leash and I walk away and pretend that they're not there and then <clears throat> they don't care about me is like people are like mind blown by that. But I'm like, well, for this dog's whole life, they've had to react to somebody reacting to them. You know, and so, yeah. so sometimes again, like 
She's just standing there. You walk up. You just kind of like stroke her back down to her hips and you walk away. Good girl. And you walk away. You don't make it like this big deal because that's the other thing too is dogs will associate routines. So it, for an example, if she's if she feels like the like you pet her hips, and this is just something that you can carry to everything else. You pet her hips and she feels mm-hmm. like she's getting in the bath. You touch her hips, tell her good girl and walk away. She's going to start, she's going to start separating that association. Hips, me, hips doesn't mean bath. Like if, like some dogs are obsessed with the leash and they go crazy because you got the leash Mm -hmm. because it means walk. Like touching hips means X, Y, or Z that she doesn't like. You just have to grab the leash all day long and say, this doesn't, this isn't connected anymore. It was because I connected it, but now it's causing uh, problems, then you just disconnect yeah. it through association. So anything that okay. can be connected via association can be disconnected. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Alrighty. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> how do you How do you um, feel about all that? Um, it's definitely going to be a long road. <laughs> yeah. I think she she will catch on because she's so smart. Um. And I have done a few of those things. Like she, I mean, she used to be so terrified. Like last year, she wouldn't even go outside the door. Like she would like hold her potty for like 18 plus hours. I'm like, you're going to do damage to yourself. Mm-hmm. So like at some points I would just pick her up and put her out and be like, you're just going to go potty and you're not coming in until you do. Um, so she's gotten past things before. So I, I mean, I think we can get past this. I mean, I think we can work with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think just. You know, again, um, just getting back down to, you know, like her, again, like her personality, like having these opportunities for her to make a mistake. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we we know that she doesn't like little kids, for example, whatever. A lot of dogs don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little kid out on a walk. Your heel's great. Your leave it's great. You're going to be set up for success there. But if your dog's... Mm-hmm pulling and barking and lunging and you're just Shh, stop no and she's you know you're getting dragged around on a harness it's gonna be a problem or yeah. your your likelihood to succeed is through the roof compared to having more control more discipline more structure more boundaries going out and your dog knowing that they know what they need to do and they know that if they decide to try to lunge and bite somebody that there's consequences is Mm. day and night so just kind of like resetting that and that's you know uh, just it's been as as a coach and somebody who internationally travels to to coach people I'm, i'm always looking for the best way possible for dog owners to get results because that's my job i mean the quicker i get results and the more i help people the the more i can do in life the more successful i am and so just the things that I've told you have just been uh, really successful case-by-case-by-case uh, by case by case with a lot of other dog owners. So I, I guess I would just encourage you, to, encourage you to, you know, be optimistic and try new things and, and, you know, see what works. But I think at the end of the day, you know, there's a couple of different things that you have to start working on. You know, there's the relationship game. There's the training game. But I think at the end of the day, if you have a dog that, just as a personality of like, I, you know, I'm protective or I want to, um, go after people or whatever. There's, 
yeah. a part of that that you won't be able to change. Like my cat trying yeah. to kill chipmunk earlier. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, you know, from a dog standpoint and training standpoint, your ability to say heal and leave it in place and stay and, and all those things are going to make life a lot more successful. Like having a dog off a leash and they don't know recall versus a dog that yeah. you've practiced recall their whole life. The results are going to be day and night because you've practiced versus not at all. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to get back to that. And I think I think she'll do good with a lot of that. Um, all right, don't see you just did it again. Snap at me. Yeah, she's just snapping again. Um, all right, yeah, I think we got to get back to basics. I think we've got to. I think we've got to start over almost. Um, and she'll be good. But yeah. I, I think the slip collar definitely will be good with her. I definitely wouldn't try the e collar with her though. That's the only thing I don't think I would try with her. Yeah, and she might not do well with it, so it's probably best you don't. It's just like it's yeah. something I think a lot of dog owners present that that way to me. Like I, I would try anything mm -hmm. but that, and that's like that's that's fine. You don't have to try anything you don't want to do. Or more <laughs> importantly, like if you feel like your dog do, wouldn't do good with that, don't even – yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's not this like ladder of – with every dog is different. There are some things, you know, there's some – you have to go down a certain line in order to like get results or certain tools or whatever, but you mm. can get results. You know, the e-collar just gives you like the ability to train off leash, but all the things that you're working on, like, yeah, you know, I would argue from you know, the conversation we've had, like you have to work on your on leash. You have to crawl before you can run. And right. all the, all the e-collar does is allows you to like have an off leash controlled dog. But if you don't have the on leash stuff, then it's really, it's, you know, it's pointless to even, you know, yeah. think about it. So, yeah. Okay. No, I think that'll, I think that'll definitely start with like either the Martingale, the so-called, I think that'll definitely help. And I think that's probably all she needs is that little reminder of like, Hey, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, because she's not really had that in a long time. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we'll definitely put these tools to use. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'll send you a couple, I'll send you a couple of resources yeah. that I think will help uh, via email and uh, yeah. Good luck with everything. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Have right. a good night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. Uh, first question comes from Kate Tarby. Uh, hey, Tom, great podcast. Uh, thanks for being a balanced dog trainer, as I've come to learn that all positive and all negative-based training is not effective. Um, with the Herm Springer collar that has the clip, where is the clip supposed to be? The one I ordered has it in the middle. Um, yeah, you can know that's some of them have it in the middle on the distributing plate, and some of them have them on the top. I prefer the one on the top. Um, I just like that better. So you're not doing it wrong. It's just some of them are different. It's a good collar. Also trying to e-collar train my two nut bags and finding the outside work. I've never heard that before. Um, uh, the outside work is hard because, uh, I absolutely need to have them on prong collars. They both walk anywhere in the yard. I'm assuming you can't use both for safety. Of course you can. You can use a prong collar and an e-collar. Make sure your prong collar is higher because that's where they're always supposed to go. Uh, the issue in the yard is they don't really leave my side, so it's hard to train on the e-collar. They will, however, chase a random car. They both behave. I would get them on a long line individually and work on your remote collar work. My suggestion to you, Kate D. Tarby, 
is purchase my e-collar course. Don't do it wrong. Do it right. Purchase my e-collar course. It's in the link in the description. It's going to be really helpful for you. Thank you for listening. I hope that helps. Next one comes from 00ambam00. Awesome show. Thank you for all the great uh, helpful podcast. I have a basset hound who I adopted four years ago. He's e-collar trained, nose crate, down, sit, heel, and is awful Istrian. However, he hates the crate. He will go in, but he is panting and significantly distressed the entire time. He whines in the crate. Sometimes I, I, if I don't have the e-collar on, how can I get him to enjoy the crate? Don't put him in the crate. Um, don't put him in the crate. All. What you need to do is you need to start feeding him in the crate. Don't shut the crate door. Um, Sometimes, a, some dogs don't like we talked about personality versus behavior. Some dogs don't like the crate. You're never going to change it. Sometimes. I don't know if that's the case. The other thing is, is if your dog associates the crate with punishment or your dog associates the crate with you leaving and having a stressful thing happen, it's an association. Like we talked about in this podcast. Best thing to do is put treats in there, feed your dog in there, do everything you can to make it not a big deal. Your dog goes in there. They have a good time. The door is wide open. They can walk out whenever they want. Don't make it stressful. That's what I would do. Hope that helps. Next one comes from Chachi. Leash pressure and walking. Hey, Tom, love your podcast. Been watching your stuff for a while. It's helped me so much. My dog shuts down when given leash pressure, specifically from a slip. We work with multiple trainers, and even when they do it to him, he always does the same thing. The minute you give him pressure, he either sits down or refuses to move forward. For example, I've been trying to teach him heel. Um, Do you think there's something else? Yes, I would be doing martingale collar or a prong collar on a long line put your get away from your dog trust me just do that it's worked almost every time that a dog has had this problem it's not the collar necessarily um maybe it is hold on let me read this i'd like to know if it's just with the slip specifically from a slip lead Mm. I I would be Jesus this is tough. I would just be using like a martingale. If the slip is basically like something that your dog knows, like okay, I'm gonna go out and train, doesn't like training, that could be, represent that. Use a martingale instead. Switch to the martingale. Use a long line and drop the long line and walk away, and your dog will will move with you. Then you can put your regular training collar on your martingale and then use it like a slip, and that should help let me know if that works my other question is involved walking i've worked a little on loose leash walking and heel but i don't know but i i can't do that for the whole walk because it's a little mental stimulation for him the minute i release him and say okay he immediately runs towards and pulls it's almost like the word okay is a way for me telling him to run full speed ahead how do i teach him between he's on walks um so when you give your dog, it's a good question. When you give your dog uh, the break command and they want to like really pull really bad, you can give them a little bit of pressure, but you don't obviously want to correct them because you told them break. But it's like it's the same thing as like giving your dog uh, or you know giving somebody recess and then telling them that they can't you know like go punch somebody in the face. Like there's still rules and regulations. So I would just like use your ah, 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 ah. I wouldn't say hey heal again, but I might say hey, hey slow down whoa. Take it easy. The other thing that you can do is you can teach your dog a, not a heel command, but maybe like um, a different command that allows them to walk loose leash, but they can be in front of you. So heel would be next to me, not in front of me. And then your break, or maybe you can switch to a 
walk command, which is you can be in front of me, but you can't pull. So you can do either one of those things. But for me, if I had a dog and a heel and I said break and they pulled me, I go, ah, 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 nope, 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 nope. I wouldn't use heel again, but I would just let them know they can't pull. So yeah, hope that helps. If you guys have questions for me, head over to the iTunes review chart, iTunes review page and leave your review. I appreciate you guys a lot. Back in the podcast grind, Australia. I'll see you soon. Love you guys. Have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good evening. Have a good morning. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.